1: You're listening to Wednesdays with Wombat on SEN Track with Toby McKinnon. Well, there's a little boy waiting at the counter of a corner shop. He's been now, now, Shannon, calm down. I know you're upset. We're talking to Joel, and Shannon's saying, what about me? Not sure uh, the connection there, but Shannon's a bit upset we're talking to Joel. Now, anyway, we've got Joel Watson on the line. Joel, mate, how are you? And I don't know if I should ask this. We just had a bike from the Wit Sundays, and uh, whereabouts are you today?
0: Uh, g'day, Toby. It's great to be on the show today. Um, yeah, I'm uh, ringing in from uh, up at the snow today, up at Mount Poole, uh with kids uh, in a school snow sports. So just up here supporting the kids and uh, skiing around and uh, yeah, great spot to be.
1: Are you getting back for the weekend, mate, and you're heading up to Sydney?
0: Yeah, so we're leaving up here on Friday and then we'll head up to Sydney. Um, So a few of us owners are going to be on track uh, Saturday night, so it would be great to see the horses go around and no matter the result, it's just a great outcome to be able to get two horses up there into a final.
1: Yeah, 100%. We might... Uh, wind back a little bit here so what what was your first involvement in a harness racing and and what got you interested in going on the sport
0: uh well my my mother's family's had a history in harness racing over the time her father was involved and then her siblings were involved as well um my uncle the late uncle norman he was a uh a driver and trainer at different stages and then later in life become a breeder and he actually bred uh, Manifold Bay, I think the horse's name was. Yeah. Um, But then he actually passed away just before it actually hit the track. So I think the story goes, he bred from the same mare about three or four uh, horses that ended up being not much good and after he passed away, uh, Manifold Bay was what was left on the ground um so uh that's how I originally sort of had a loose connection to the sport um but then uh, a few years ago Shannon Nixon had, uh invited me into a horse um with another couple of blokes from Bacchus Marsh Shane Cook and they were buying a horse to give a share to Father Gla- uh Father Brian Glashin. yep um Bought that uh, horse out of New Zealand, and originally it raced over in New Zealand. Uh, it's called Triple Eight. So we've had a great experience with Triple Eight, and from that, with the the enjoyment that we had, uh, we've just sort of kept getting involved with more horses along the way, and it's been a great experience.
1: Okay, so Norm, your uncle Norm was. I'm not even sure how to pronounce this. Is it Sait? S A I T is yeah. the family name.
0: Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's the family name, Norman Slate. Um, he drove horses in Australia when he was a young fella and then he'd actually gone over to the UK and lived over there for about 30 years um, and then come back here, oh, I would have been the late 80s, early 90s, uh, brought his wife back, Linda, and two girls and settled back into Australia and just was breeding horses up out here.
1: So the, the mayor that... Uh, Natalia Castle, who was the mother of Manifold Bay, was bred by a family called the Castle family, and they've sold many yearlings over many years. Are you aware of that fact?
0: No, I'm not, I wasn't a fair, uh, <laughs> aware of that one, but I think one of our horses is uh, related Tri- into that family.
1: Yep. So you, you've, you've had the share in 888, and then... The nutrient equine sale comes along and you go to the sales and uh, you walked away $134,500 lighter in the back pocket, mind you, and Lot 21 was presented by the Castle family for, and it was purchased with $22,500 and its name is Matriarch. So tell us, tell us a bit, what, what was the motivation to go and buy four horses from the yielding sales?
0: Uh, so we'd had a great experience with the Triple uh, Eight and some other horses we'd had along with Shannon Nixon. Yep. Um, so we'd gone there with the intent to buy fillies, um, just with, we're able to race them and post-racing, potentially they got another career there in the, uh, uh, with some breeding from. Yep. Um, we selected out a few, I'd gone through the catalogue and looked at a few and liked a couple. Um and we'd had some advice from other people, um, Grant Shoemaker, Paul Nixon, and Shannon Nixon. Um, so I'd had a list of horses that I liked to look of. Um, and then at the actual sales, Tim Prentice went around and had a look at a couple. A few of those got ruled out. Um, and then so we ended up with a list of potential horses that we liked to look of and whatnot that we we're going after on the day. Um we didn't have a any amount of horses in mind that we were going to buy or not going to buy. Um, and just one thing went to the other and we ended up with four in total.
1: So there's a definite racing and breeding and decision as well. And I was suspect on that because they're all very well bred in particular, uh, the Sun Beach Somewhere National Gallery. There's some sort of foundation looking mares, if that makes sense. Like your first mare's, that you get that could breed for generations and generations?
0: Yeah, potentially, yes, correct. Um, uh, we, you never know where it's going to end, um, yeah. and we yeah. haven't got yeah. anything uh, in mind necessarily, but yeah. the likes of uh, Thinking About Isla, yeah, she's got some great blood in her, and um, whilst her full brother keeps going around and doing what he's doing, uh, her value keeps going up, and we're just great to have her the standard of bloodlines that she's got in our um, stable now.
1: So something about Isla, where's that name come from?
0: Uh, So all our horses are named after a female figure in my life that had something to do with me or influenced me somehow. Um, So Isla was a semi, like a grandmother figure to myself. Um, It's Isla Closter from Bacchus Marsh. She was married to Bob Closter. And Bob had worked in our family business for about 60 years and in with his ownership group where leasing these ones, Bob's involved. And I asked Bob whether he'd mind if I named a horse after his late wife, Eileen, um, and he was more than happy. So, so she. Uh, the stable name's Eileen and the racing name's something about Eileen um, and that all the other horses that we've got, um, they're all named after an individual there and we try and have the racing name somehow tied into the actual person.
1: That's beautiful, mate. I love that.
0: Uh, yeah, it's not too bad. Sometimes you come up with a bit of a shocker of a name, but, um, yeah, well, hopefully it'll uh, keep going on. So
1: uh, you've had some great success with Triple Eight. You, they, you get to win a race. These two fillies that have raced, that they've had eight starts between them for four placings. Even if it was at Bendigo the other week with Matriarch is it going to mean something a bit more to win a race with these horses, even if it's a $7,000 race?
0: Not in particular. I think it's just great to see them go around. Um, When you've had a horse like Triple Eight with how good he's gone and the races that he takes you to, um, uh, to win a race at Bendigo at all, it is very important to me. Um, and it's more of a reflection that potentially, yeah, you have been able to spot out a horse that's um, gone well and is able to hit the peak of its career. And not necessarily everyone's going to race around in a Dominion final. Yeah. And that someone's peak of what their ability can be might be running around on the seventh at Bendigo on a Wednesday night. And so long as it performs to the best of its ability, I'd be more than ecstatic. Whereas if you had a horse that potentially was able to make the inner dominion that wasn't performing to the peak of its ability, potentially if it lost that race, that's a letdown. Whereas a horse that maybe was never going to make it in life that's able to win a a maiden, a Bendigo, um, you can be ecstatic about. And The likes of what those four horses that we did buy at that sale, one of them has got great bloodlines, but potentially it's not the best horse of all time. That if it was able to make a race and uh, qualify, potentially that's its um, goal in life. Yeah. And it would be as happy seeing that as a result as what we are seeing one of our horses win. So, so just hope that all of them have the most best opportunities that they can get.
1: Yep, 100%. So how excited are you for Saturday night? And I know you're just going to say you're happy to see him go around. You've mentioned it a couple of times, but at the top of the long Menangle Straight, I think you'll be standing up out of your chair and having a cheer because both of them went pretty well in the heat. They're in third and fifth, and uh, I think they won't be too far away at the top of the straight anyway.
0: Uh, yeah, it'll be a great outcome. Um, I think uh, both of them are there with their opportunities, uh, that, and especially with the smaller fields. Um, potentially, their last Tuesday night, or Tuesday, Not necessarily everyone showed their true colours. So come this Saturday night, I'm sure all the 10 horses will be going out there and doing their utmost to win the race. Uh, Both of ours, we think they've got a fair chance if they get evens luck. Um, And yeah, so it'll be just a great outcome and I think all the owners that are going to be there that night uh, will just be happy for their horses to go around and so long as they all do their best effort, we'll be happy. Um, If they're lucky enough to win, so be it, and even better if we do run the uh, third and well, no. second, we'll be over the moon.
1: <laughs> it would be pretty magic. If, yeah, it would be a it,
0: great outcome. But, but yeah,
1: um, a dead heat, mate. Even better. Uh, that would be so, something to behold if you could dead heat it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that'll be. <laughs> yeah, it'll make a good storyline. But uh, yeah, we'll wait and see. We'll just uh, yeah see how the horses go. Hopefully, they all show it, uh, turn up on the night ready to race. And, don't carry on too much.
1: Off the text machine, perfectly summed up, Joel. Best of their ability. You just want your horse to race the best it can. Patrick from Melton. Mate, uh, thanks a million for coming on. It's been a really good chat, actually. And uh, I think from listening to that, there'll be a lot of people, a little soft spot for number five, something about Eileen. Eileen. It's, it's a real, uh, it's yeah. a hard word to pronounce. Yeah, Eileen. Eileen.
0: Yeah, Eileen was a great. Eileen. Yeah, yeah. Eileen was a great lady, and uh, she supported Bob all her life, and yeah, it'll be great to see her come home. And, and the same with Matriart. Both of them are great horses. And uh, they, hopefully they have a, a long and wonderful career.
1: Very good, mate. And hopefully you do too in harness racing as well. So we, we welcome you with open arms into this sport and uh, look forward to meeting you at the track sub soon. And if you're anything like some of your cohorts, uh, we'll have a beer or three as well.
0: Have a great night. Thanks for that, Toby. Thanks for
1: having me on. No There is Joel Watson. Uh, Yeah, what a great investment he's made into the sport. And um, hopefully those two horses will form to the top of their ability on Saturday night. Our final break for Trots Life this Wednesday with Wombat. I'm a bit sad I won't be in tomorrow, but uh, we'll address that on the back of the break.